This is The Shorts, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries, a Duct Tape Than Beer production, with additional support from New Belgium Brewing, Kuat Racks, and Patagonia. This summer, an email came in, just like any other email. The subject line read, Connecting you to. I get a lot of these, which is rad. Or, at the very least, it's a great distraction from organizing words all day. So I opened it up and immediately thought, Crap. This is going to explode my life. Early summer was busy. Our good friend T was getting married in Idaho on the 4th of July. A ton of friends would be there. And we had enthusiastically sent in the RSVP and planned a short family road trip. The week before that, our family was coming to town for an extended visit. We had some cool work projects in the midst of becoming realities. Becca and I had gotten into a great routine, swapping evenings to mountain bike ride, climb or trail run, and taking Tep out into the Cascades on the weekends. Then, the email. It read, We are interested in having you join us on a float trip down the Congacut River from the Brooks Range to the Arctic Ocean to create photos and video in support of our campaign to permanently protect the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge from oil drilling. The trip dates are June 23rd to July 3rd. Are you available? Sincerely, Dan, the Sierra Club. Boom. Chaos. All of my passions converged at rapid speed on a single point in time. There would be a collision. Family, friends, free time, wilderness, storytelling, film, conservation. I wanted to see the massive 165,000 strong porcupine caribou herd. I wanted to experience the midnight sun. And then, then there was the completely flippant bucket list item of swimming in the Arctic Ocean, which would complete my life goal of skinny dipping in all five oceans. Yeah, I know that's not as important, but when would I get that opportunity again? There's the person I need to be and the person I want to be. At times, these two things are at odds with one another. And I'd hazard a guess that no matter what stage you are at in your life, about to leave the safe boundaries of college or in the midst of your first road trip, finding a calling, raising a family, letting go of your kids as they grow up, you share this same conflict with me. As strange as it sounds, this is about the best problem we could have because I want to give my time to the things that I love, and if you're like me, your curiosity pulls you in many directions. In situations like this, my first course of action is to engineer a high-tech device to either bend space and time or clone myself. But since I can barely do simple arithmetic, my efforts stall three to four minutes after I begin. Then I say, I can't take this opportunity. There's too much going on. I don't have time to go to the Arctic right now. I just can't do it. There's too much. Just just let it go, Fitz. (sighs) Then I take a deep breath and remind myself that my family and friends will understand. That they remember all the times I've been there for them even when I could have been off running around in the mountains. That they know I don't view responsibility as a weight, but as a byproduct of profound bonds between the people I've tied in with the people who helped create me, the people who I create with. And so I knew what I had to do. I asked Becca. She smiled and said simply, you should go. Because she knows 
that's what I would have done for her. Two weeks later, I was flying in a four-seater plane through the dense smoke from one of Alaska's worst seasons of forest fires. We touched down on a small gravel bar in the heart of the Brooks Range. The plane bounced twice, settled onto the gravel, and slowed to a stop. We unloaded. The engine roared back to life. The wheels left the ground. The plane disappeared down valley into blue-gray mountains. Then the mosquitoes came. The Sierra Club had gathered a diverse group of folks. In some shape or form, they were all cultural leaders. There was a renowned author, an actress, a director, military veteran leaders. Some were conservationists. Some led big lives in fast-moving places. For Dan and the Sierra Club, they hoped that this trip would serve as a very tactile education and discussion of the looming threats of big oil on our country's biggest and arguably our most wild wildlife refuge. For seven days, we floated down the Conga Cut, a clear braided river nestled between the region's gently sloping peaks. We learned about the 50-year-old battle between oil, conservative politicians, and conservationists. Mostly, Dan, with 40-plus trips to Alaska's North Slope, just let the place speak for itself. Signs of one of the planet's greatest land animal migrations were everywhere. There was scat, the matted tundra where the hooves had left depressions in the sponge-like surface, the porcupine caribou herd migrates 1,500 miles a year to their calving grounds near the Beaufort Sea, right in the heart of the wildlife refuge. We later find out that we missed the herd by five days. The mosquitoes, they were also incredible. A true force of nature, kind of like an earthquake or a zombie apocalypse. Supposedly they are capable of killing caribou calves, and this doesn't shock me in the least bit. Over the course of the week, we drifted downriver. The mountains gave way to gentler hills and finally the wide open tundra and the smell of ice and ocean. I barely slept, chasing the hours of perfect light up hills and out into fields of the tiniest wildflowers that make the tundra's carpet-like texture. On the second to last day, we neared the ocean and drifted through river channels lined with six-foot-tall walls of blue ice. The mosquitoes disappeared. We glided out into a lagoon surrounded by ice and a gravel sandbar. The wind calmed and the water became a perfect reflection of the dark rain clouds above us. That night we gathered driftwood and started a fire on the gravel shore before stripping naked and running into the 35-degree ocean water to emerge seconds later, gasping and staggering as if struck by lightning. We huddled around the fire and slowly the conversation warmed as the blood returned to our extremities and brains. A group decided to walk down the beach to take in one last midnight walk, I skipped stones into the stretches of open water between icebergs. I sat, snapped a few photos of the blood-red sun as it nodded towards the horizon. Eventually, I snuck back to my tent for a rest in the 2 a.m. light. It had been a perfect day, one I will never forget. I thought of Becca. I thought of Tep. I pulled out my phone to swipe through a few photos of Tep and Becca, and I thought, what are you doing right now? You're in the middle of the raddest place you have ever been and you have to look at photos of your wife and kid? But that's what I felt. There's been this truism that floats around in our dirtbag culture and our society at large. It goes something like this. To 
become great at something, whether that's being the best climber, the best in your career field, or the best at your creative pursuit, you have to be relentless in the pursuit of perfection. You have to remove all distractions from your life. I could be wrong, but I think that there may be an emptiness in perfection. I know that there is magic in balancing out the whole of your being. We all struggle with balancing the have-to-dos with the wanna-dos. After nine years of the diaries, I am more sure of that than ever. I've come to believe that I have to accept that I may never achieve perfection in any one thing, but I can be really good at a few things. The things we create, our relationships, our families, our creative endeavors, our careers, they are wonderful. They are undeniable ingredients of the successful life. Our desire to spend more time doing the things we love, the experience that comes with them. This is the silence of wilderness, the buzz of pulling off a risky climb, or a bare bones through hike, or a perfect road trip, dawn light on a cold winter morning. It's easy to call these moments frivolous, or maybe inessential. And to that I say BS. These ingredients provide their own vital flavors. The dish simply isn't complete without them. The way to feel fully alive isn't to compromise between responsibility and desire. It's to fully commit to both. And that's not easy. It's not some simple life hack that gets circulated on Facebook. It requires careful examination of what matters in life. It requires weeding out the bullshit and committing to what remains. That should be a daily practice. Yes, your passions will compete. Yes, you can only be in one place at a single moment. Yes, it will be difficult. You won't be able to tuck your kid into bed if you are in the midst of type 3 fun. But you won't ever experience a type 3 adventure if you are always reading bedtime stories. I have to remind myself this on a daily basis. And it's tiring. I admit it. But I don't want to arrive at the end of my life well-rested. I want to arrive satisfied. Music Today by Fog Lake, MC Cola, and Kai Angle. The tracks are courtesy of Free Music Archive. You can find links to the artists at our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. Support for the diaries comes from you. Whether it's a story submission, a note of thanks, or a pledge donation, you keep the diaries thriving. If you'd like to pledge your support, you can find the button in the upper right-hand corner of our website. Support comes from Patagonia. They teamed up with Sweetgrass Productions to tell the story of a decades-long fight against the development of a ski resort deep inside the Purcell Mountains of British Columbia. Watch the trailer for Jumbo Wild and find tour dates for the full film at patagonia.com. Additional support comes from New Belgium Brewing, back for another fall with their Pump Kick Ale, a traditionally spiced seasonal ale with an unexpected kick of cranberry. Visit newbelgium.com to find a store or tap near you. And support comes from Kuat Racks, designers of a lightweight, stylish, and easy-to-use rack that helps cyclists and adventurers get out and do more. Fall in rack love at kuatracks.com. This episode of The Diaries was produced by Jen Altschul and Becca Call and written by me, Fitzka Hall. You've been listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks so much to the Sierra Club. I hope the Arctic gets protected permanently. It was good news that Shell decided to end their efforts to drill in the Arctic Ocean. Thanks for tuning in.